Podcasting from Hartford, you're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. So joining me today, we've got the Arkansas women's basketball head coach, Coach Neighbors. Coach, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. Absolutely. Glad, uh, glad I could get on there with you. Absolutely. Coach, we're, we're excited about the, the game coming up to kick off the season here in Connecticut this year against UConn. We know you guys had an exciting matchup, so really excited to, to have you on the podcast today. So I figured I'd love to start, since you've taken over at Arkansas in 2017, the program really just has had a tremendous amount of success. What's been the key to growing the Arkansas program from when you started to, to where it is today? I, I think it points back to making sure that we kept the right kids in the locker room that were there when we got there. Uh, there weren't very many of them, uh, but we had to keep the ones that were there. And then adding to that, you know, getting getting the right kids on the team, uh, a mix of Arkansas natives and people that love the Razorbacks mixed in with people that might not be from, from our state, but uh, from the area that love the SEC and wanted to play at a high level. And we're looking for a, a place to do it that, you know, wasn't currently doing it. We, we were very self-aware with who we were and where we were at. So getting the right kids in there and making sure my staff was good. And once we got the right people in there, uh, the fans of Arkansas have kind of done the rest. You know, just looking at your, at your bio and seeing from, from when you started coaching at high school from a, a one in 24 team to, to where you are today, did, did you see this progression taking place in your career from, from where you started at that high school team to really leading Arkansas to, to new heights? No, nah, I, I mean, I, I was hopeful. I, I wanted to be the coach there at Arkansas someday, but it, after that one in 24 start, it wasn't looking too promising. That's for sure. So, uh, but you know, that's, that's the way it is in Arkansas. If you stick around and you, you, you keep trying hard and you learn from your mistakes and you try not to repeat them and, um, uh, you can, you can live your dream. It's my dream job. I'm from the state. I graduated from Arkansas. So even though I probably wouldn't have predicted it, I was hopeful that it would. And obviously I'm, I'm very glad that I can raise my family there to place that, that I love so much. One thing that was interesting that you were you're talking about earlier, and as you've been building up this Arkansas program, is getting the right players to to be in your program. What do you look What do you look for as someone who who would be a, a good fit for your program? That they've got to have some versatility. You know, we ask our players to do a lot of things. I, you can't just be one dimensional. You got to have some versatility. Uh, you got you can't be afraid to do hard things either. You know, that's the one thing I, I always ask: are, are you afraid of doing hard things because what we're trying to do here, going from being picked last in our conference to, you know, being able to compete with the best in the country, it's going to be really hard. So I, I look for that. Got to have some talent. They got to got to be great at something, whether it's a shooter or a rebounder or a defensive player. But um, the main thing is, are, are they willing to do some hard things and uh, be very, very versatile? Looking back at last year's team, you get big wins over Baylor, over UConn. You make the NCAA tournament. How big of a step was the work that you and your team were able to do last year in taking Arkansas in the program in the in the next steps in its direction? I, I really wish the COVID year, you know, hadn't have happened the year before because I think we would have gotten some of our NCAA tournament nerves out of the way last year. We had a, a really good team last year as well, and. I wish we could have got to the NCAA tournament last year and uh, had those nerves out of the way for when we got there this year. But um, I, I think being able to attract games like the UConn game, you know, when we lost that game, the 
being able to pick the phone up and get in touch with Coach Ari Emma and them being willing to, to even play us, that was a step in the right direction, and, and that's where we're headed. Being able to, to play against the very, very best teams in our game, uh, and that's why we're coming back. You know, That's why we're going to come to stores, or whether we're at Hartford. I, I'm not sure we've decided where the game's yet, even going to be played at yet. Maybe, maybe we have. I don't know, but I, I've, I've been out on the road recruiting, but in, no matter where we're at, just the chance to – you know, see all the places they've seen on TV all these years. I thought it was really important for our, our team to come back there and see that. Looking back at, at last year's game against UConn, you guys win that game 90-87. to 87. Just from having been, been living here in Connecticut, we don't see UConn usually give up 90 points in a game. What, what, do, you think, what do you think made your offense so successful in that game last year? I, I just think it was all a magical day. Our kids were very, very confident. I think the fact that we were able to get the game scheduled gave them a couple of days of just fans around the uh, around the city saying how great it was going to be to come see UConn. And, you know, I know we were the underdogs. We played really loose. Uh, and then, you know, Dungey kind of had a performance for the ages. Um, Definitely. We went back and looked. I, you know, I know it's been a long time since a, a UConn team has even allowed somebody to shoot 50% against them, but we did feel like the one thing, you know, we, we play really, really fast. And it's hard to simulate that. And mm-hmm. we were hopeful that, you know, with them having to make the long drive down or the long flight down and the quick turnaround and the short prep, that that maybe that speed would be something that would be to our advantage. We got off to a great start, and it just snowballed. You know, it really did. And uh, then our fans got behind us, and um, the, you know, it, it was magical. Uh, I wouldn't tell you that we did anything schematically that was any different than we did in the, in the loss to right state. We just we made more shots and we got some confidence. And uh, because of the magnitude of the stage, I, I think our kids just just fed off of each other and, and our fan base. We had forty four hundred people there, which you know was the largest crowd of anybody that saw a women's basketball game last year because of COVID. Uh, we have a big arena, so it was just a a great atmosphere and. You know, we had we had to get ninety because it because eighty eight wouldn't have been. I mean, eighty seven would have just got us to overtime. So I'm glad uh, I'm glad we were able to get to ninety. When, when you look back at that game, and you know, down the stretch there in the last uh, minute and a half or so, you got really made a, a pretty big uh, comeback effort there in, in trying to get back in and win that game. From a coaching perspective, what's it like? You know, you've got your team at home in a big game, going up against one of the best in the sport. And you're trying to hold on. How tough is that situation for you as a coach uh, down the stretch there? Uh, I, I did my absolute best to look calm, but my insides were just all over the place. They were, they were everywhere, and, and and you know the time and the score, and and then Becker's just just took over. Uh, you know we were just trying to find any way we could come up with a stop, and, and I thought we had enough time. I thought we had the time right where it was at. And, and we drove it in there, and we, we misjudged. We looked at the shot clock instead of the game clock one time, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, man, they're, they're going to get this rebound. But uh, because because they haven't been in that situation very many times, yeah, you know, they, they rebounded and dribbled it a couple times without calling the timeout. So, um, you know, we were fortunate, very fortunate, that we didn't have to really defend that last play again because of the way the, the shot clock was. But. Uh, I tried to look calm, but I can assure you inside I was anything but just the magnitude and the respect, you know, the respect factor that we all 
uh, hold for Coach R.E.M. and what what UConn has done for our game. That's all going through your head. You're like, are we really getting? Are we really one minute away from pulling off this type of a win? That it still holds. I mean, it carries us. I, I'm on the road recruiting places right now that I never had been before because of that game and games like it. But those those types of things really do help our game overall. I I, I know. Um, I know that nobody likes to ever lose a game, especially coach, but uh, I, I think it helped them too. You know, I think they went on a streak there where I know he had their focus for the, for the next several months and, and they played, they played at a really high level as well. So um, it was, it was a, it was one of those things that obviously we'll talk about for a long time down in our part of the country. I, I know you mentioned it in your answer there about Paige Becker's uh, really being a big part of that comeback effort from UConn. UConn fans really haven't had the chance to see her play in person. So from an opposing, opposing coach's standpoint, you know, what, what were your thoughts on, on Paige and did she live up to the hype that, that had really taken her into the college game? Of course. Yeah. I, I thought she was uh, not only, uh, you know, hard to guard, but she impacted the game on defense. She had passed and impacted with her passing. Uh, and yeah, she, the, the hype, hard to live up to the hype because the hype was substantial, substantial. Um, but she certainly did. Uh, and, and I think all the accolades that, you know, that followed as a result of that, um, were, were very well deserved. And, and I think she's just special. Great for, you know, our kids to get a chance to see it. They played against her in some of those events growing up. But, you know, to see her do it now at the collegiate level. Uh, I'm glad that we don't have the one and done rule because I'm afraid we'd only got to have seen it for for one year. But uh, I, you know, I know it's uh, she's just a joy to watch. She's good for all of our youth to see uh, the way she goes about it, the way she attacks the game. So uh, I'm glad we're not a one and done, and more kids get a chance to see her this year. Absolutely, especially in person this year, which we didn't get last year. Yeah. So you know, we we talked a little earlier about the game uh, opening here up this season against UConn. I, I know we're we're talking here a little bit before the season starts, but how are you feeling about your team headed into this season? I, I know you've got some turnover, losing some players to the draft and such, but how are you feeling about your team? I I, I love them. There we're you know we're new. Like you said, there's going to be some new faces doing it, but. Uh, a, a nice mix of returners as well as some new faces. So um, we're a little choppy right now. We're, we, we've still got, luckily, we've got a few months to get it smoothed out. But uh, we're going to be a little deeper. You know, last year, you know, that day, particular day, too, we had six kids that had, had come up with a false positive on the COVID test that morning. So uh, we'll have a little bit of a deeper bench, I hope, to be able to, to run at them. But um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I know – uh, I, I know we'll have some kids with, with stars in their eyes when we get there, but hopefully they don't last long. You, UConn fans always like to be knowledgeable here. Who, who on your team, maybe some of the newcomers too, that, that fans should be on the lookout for heading into that game? Yeah, they'll they'll pick Jersey Wolfenbarger out pretty quick. She was somebody that I know UConn had recruited a little bit, and she's pretty easy to spot on the floor because you're not used to seeing six foot six guards, you know, bringing the ball up the floor and and, and playing out around the basket, but. Uh, she'll, she'll be, uh, she'll be easy to spot. Uh, and then, you know, we've got another, uh, a freshman out of Oklahoma named Emory Ellis. I think people will really enjoy getting to see, uh, a player that came off the bench, two players that came off the bench for us that day, Marquisha Davis, uh, and Riley Langerman, uh, only played four or five minutes each impacting it last year, but you can count on seeing them for, you know, 15, 20 minutes a game this year. 
So be a few new faces, uh, easy to pick out. And then, you know, some of the other faces we saw last year, they'll just be playing in different roles. Coach, I'll get you out of here on this one. We saw what you and your team were able to do last year, again, beating Baylor, beating UConn. We, we've seen other teams across the country start to, you know, pull off some of these upsets. What are your thoughts on the overall state of the women's college basketball game right now? It, it seems like there's more parity in the sport than there's been in a long time. Yeah, and, and I think some of that got lost last year, you know, and all the inequity talk that was very justified that came out, some of the things that we're dealing with in the equities issue. I, I think we did lose the, the, lose sight of the fact that, you know, you had an Arizona team that, that pulled off some upsets. You know, a former assistant coach of mine, that's Adia Barnes at Arizona. What, what they were able to do and uh, more teams, you saw Michigan make it to the Elite Eight. Um, you know, you saw some new teams in there, so – I think the top 25 is, is a lot deeper than it's been in the past. Um, although I, the top is still pretty easy to pick out, I, I think the next 25 teams are becoming harder and harder every single year. So I think our game's growing. I think we're healthy. I, I don't think we're you know where we need to be. We've got to keep improving just like everybody else does. But I, I don't want people to lose sight of how far we've come and how many of the good things that are happening – uh, while we're searching to fix the things that need to be fixed. But um, I think you've got the rise of several programs, uh, a lot of universities that are really making women's sports uh, a priority uh, in funding and in resources and in facilities. Uh, and I think, you know, because of what is happening, I think the, the next 25 years are going to be our best 25 years. Absolutely. Well, Coach, we really appreciate the time. Really looking forward to that game and being being out in, in person, whether it's in Hartford or stores, come, come November. <laughs> so, Coach, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. You got it. You got it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Cutler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at CT Scoreboard Pod. The host at Jared Cotler, and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.